Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Well, hello, Kat. Hi there, Tanya. How are you? I'm fantastic. Feels like we haven't spoken in forever. I know, but we're speaking now, so that's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't like it when we do that long space in between our chit-chatting and our recording and all of our stuff. I don't like it. I know. And I feel like such a bad friend because I've been overstressed and ridiculously in my head. Well, and I feel like a bad friend because I have been hiding because I've had so many chunks being thrown at me from every single direction. Not bad stuff, just stuff. You know, when you just, you're kind of drowning in like a pit of balls. Remember when you take your kids to those McDonald's play places and they would drop down in the balls? They were kind of having fun. Life was good, but they were like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck. I can't get out. Yeah, that's how I've been like. Yeah. How uh, you like that analogy? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. I, you know, used to pride myself on talking with clients in the energy room about how I have perfected the art of sleep, even while stressed out. Well, I kind of lie because I'm back to not sleeping right now. So either the stress is enough that it's beating out even all my tools, or I'm flunking at applying my tools, but one or the other isn't happening. So for the last few weeks, I have really, I mean, if I've gotten five Five hours in a night that was the max you know that is so weird I wonder if it's a pitta thing because I have been sleeping but I wake up all night long just uncomfortable I just can't get comfortable well it you know summer is high pitta time and mm-hmm. most pittas are easily vitiated during the summer so it's not uncommon for us to get uncomfortable at this time because we are doers and we overdo. And when we overdo, we get overheated. And all we're doing is worsening our pitta and turns into this circle of cycle of being mm-hmm. psychotic and ridiculous. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, we were just talking about upcoming episodes. Why don't we do sleep by the doshas? Oh, snap. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. we should do that. So here's the thing, right, about that not sleeping well. I have gone back to nightmaring and I have gone back to, you know, like literally waking myself up at 345 and then not going back to sleep again. And so I've been at my computer at 4 or 4.30. So I'm sure there's people like across the nation who are getting business emails from me at like 4.12 in the morning and they're like, what the <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. But I'm like, I'm not going to lay in bed, either stew about it, I might as well get up and be efficient about right. it. But it's probably not helping because then I'm just doing more instead of doing less. And ironically, that's kind of what we're talking about today. It is. Less is more. That's our topic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're going to talk about reasons why we can make this your life mantra. You know, the less is more. And I think as a society, our kind of our running mantra has been more is more, you know, but there are a lot of 
reasons to embrace the concept, or at least part of some of the concept of minimalism and simple living, because it really helps you to tune into the things in your life. And if they are good things, or if they're things that maybe don't need to be there. I was looking around and I found a great article on a blog, and I think it was A to Zen Life, A to Zen Life. And what And I was trying to find where people came up with the phrase, less is more. This blogger uh, traced it back to a poem titled Andrea del Santo by Robert Browning. And it was written in 1855 as part of an anthology of poems. Hmm. And I did not realize that. But um, because I kept going, when I mean, because I've always heard less is more, you know, and it's become more of a thing since the minimalist push in society has been around. So but I had no clue you could date it back to Robert Browning in 1855. But it was the phrase was more popularized and more commonly attributed to the modern in the modern sense by a German arch- German-American architect. And I know I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Ludwig Mills van der Roche. Hmm. So I don't know that I could help you with that one. <laughs> I know, but it makes sense because he sought to reduce architectural design and concepts into their simplest forms, the cleanest lines, using a focus on geometry and plenty of white empty space and he's considered to be one of the modern fathers or one of the fathers of modern minimalistic aesthetics in architecture so I thought well that makes sense an architect you know you do want clean lines and less space but there's a lot of ways you can think about less is more it is funny I am very I'm a very uncluttered person except for my stacks of papers I have stacks of papers and stuff like that. But as far as other things, I'm pretty good at decluttering. I don't know. What about you? Are you a clutter clutter holder or are you a... It's funny because I feel like I go through phases. Mm-hmm. Like I had done, before John and I moved into this house, I had done a really good job of eliminating things in my life. But now that we were here and comfortable, you know, I was bringing things in again and... Now I'm looking around and I'm like, ugh, I'm kind of tired of all of this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of have this urge to go back through and just purge because sometimes you feel so heavy, right? Just Mm -hmm. so heavy. Well, and you get so married to your stuff, you know? And I, you know, look around and, you know, remember, was it Marie Conda that said, does it bring you joy? You know, and if you truly look at your things in that way, I've got a lot of stuff like right now on my desk, just stuff stacked that I want to remember I have to work on tomorrow. Uh, But there's a lot of stuff that I don't need. In this article that I was looking at, it kind of intrigued me because this blogger had talked about 21 different things that you might consider when you're thinking about less is more. Like less furniture equals more open space. So if you've been holding on to large furniture items, and I know like for example, my mom has this entertainment center that has a big space for a giant TV, which they don't make those kind of TVs anymore. And But it was a custom made set. She won't get rid of it, but it takes up tons of space and it's a place to gather clutter. So if you kind of look around your house and like looking around my office right now, I can see some things that maybe 
I don't need. So if I can get some of the extra stuff out of there, it frees you up to feel more open and more settled instead of being all crammed in with furniture that doesn't serve you. And when you know talking about clutter, if you have a lot of clutter, if you decrease your clutter, like my little paper stacks I love so much, I'm, I'm a lot calmer. When I walked in today, I had completely cleaned off my desk and gone through all of my little notes to myself and notes to other people the last time I was in here. When I walked in today and I had like just the stuff I had to work on today on my desk, I was just so happy. I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, science has shown that clutter increases your cortisol levels and the cortisol levels are associated with our anxiety and stress. You know, when I sat down this morning to start, I was working on the Ireland trip that we're doing in 72 days, by the way, and finishing up some stuff with some of our travelers. It was just so fun to do it. It wasn't moving stuff around. Yeah. I am thinking more and more now. And I know that you're going to come to some more topics that are going to be triggers for me. But right now, the clutter thing is a trigger for me. And it's not that I have clutters in my house, but that I know that I'm doing a lot of stuffing away. And I mm-hmm. hate when I do that. It's like, oh, there's people coming over. Just shove that in the drawer. Oh, just shove that in the drawer. Oh, just stick that in the closet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, I need to get over that that because now it's like, okay, every time I open a door, it just feels ominous. It's like really tiny. You're being ridiculous again right now. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of a little perturbed at myself that I had such a good habit going and I've fallen off the way. Oh, I can, I can definitely understand that. You know, my stepdad passed away December 29th and my mom has been going through stuff. He, I think I'm a paper keeper, a clutter keeper of paper, nothing like him. There were stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of paper. I've started looking at mine because we've been just going through looking, make sure it's not important, chunk it, look, chunk, look, chunk. And so I've been kind of looking at my stuff, like if If my kids had to come in and get rid of this for whatever reason, oh my gosh, they would go, why in the hell is mom saving all of this crap? (laughs) You know, why? Yeah. Um, So it does, you know, when you think about it from that standpoint, when I look at things and I'm like, you know, if I threw this away and didn't see this ever again, would it really affect my life? No, not really. No, because I probably have the same note written somewhere else. But, um, you know, and then moving on to my closet, you know, less clothing is a simpler wardrobe. And, you know, there are probably, I think if every, not even just women, I, I you know, we generally pick on women when it comes to a lot of clothes, but it, men and women, if you really looked at what clothes you really truly wear every week, you probably wear the same 20 or 30 things over and over and over again. 100%. But I've got so many things that I love, but I won't wear them because maybe these pants are too tight in the waist. Maybe these are too baggy in the butt. Maybe this shirt's just a little too tight in the chest, you know, or the armholes are too big. I've got all these things, but because I bought them, I won't just donate it to charity. But if I went through and got rid of everything that I don't absolutely love, that doesn't make me feel amazing when I wear it, I would probably have maybe 30 things in my whole entire closet. And then, you know, when you have that much stuff, it takes up a lot more space. You have to do more laundry. If you're yanking and 
throwing stuff on, you wear it just to the store and you're like, oh, this is why I hated that. Because when I sat down in the car, it, you know, creases too weird. You know, so you've got all these things that can make your life more simple by getting rid of clothes that you don't wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall us talking about this when we talked about our minimalism episode eons ago, like, I don't know, some hundred episodes ago. <laughs> One of the things I had brought up was the Project 333. That's that sort of capsule clothing thought where you have seasons and in each season you're allowed 33 items so like your summer wardrobe you would pull out your summer wardrobe and in it would be 33 items and then you in at the end of summer you would pull out your fall wardrobe and in that fall wardrobe you'd have 33 items and then and so when you think about it in the end you would have what 132 items and now that sounds like a lot, right? And so most of the time we're like, well, I could do that easily. Well, I look at just, I have this like hang up shelf that I have like all my yoga clothes in. And I think just in my yoga clothes alone, I have 60 items. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It really how many is. of them do you wear? Yeah, I mean, that's a thing. But in your mind, you're like, well, if I lose 10 pounds, I could wear that one. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so dumb, the games you play with yourself. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, and you know, even food, there's when you go into the grocery store and we have the big grocery stores here are Kroger and Publix and Food City. But if I go to Kroger, there's way too many choices for me. And I don't like that's why even as far as clothes go, I like more boutique experiences, because if I go into a giant department store where there's thousands of items, it stresses me out. So in the grocery store, you know, if you are, when you are overwhelmed with choices, if you have fewer choices, when you go in, you have a very simple list of things that you need that can help ease your life instead of deciding that you need 40 different kinds of oils, you know, which I probably have about three or four different kinds of olive oils <laughs> right now, but I do use them say, all. Why did you say oils, cat? Are you, are you trying to say something? <laughs> I know. Well, but I have to say, I do love my orange infused olive oil and my rosemary infused olive oil, my basil infused olive oil. And, and I do yet use a them. true minimalist would say, well, cat, if you have the basil <laughs> and you have the orange, you could just grate your own or just do it of your own, you know. know. Yeah, see, there you go. But shame, shame on us. <laughs> I know. Well, and then less spending is more savings. So if you even think about from the money, we go hog wild sometimes on spending on things that, you know, impulse shopping. That's why all these stores have all these last minute candy bars at the grocery store. Or uh, if you're at TJ Maxx, they have all those little items as you're winding through their little thing. So, you know, you've got the impulse uh, shopping there you and you end up racking up debt with stuff that you don't need. I use my example as Amazon. I was looking for, you know, Arm & Hammer baking soda in a shaker bottle, Mm -hmm. okay? As opposed to the little box that you tear open the top and have to dig the spoon in, right? Like a shaker Mm -hmm. bottle. And I found one on Amazon, but I wasn't paying attention in my hurry. And I put it in my cart. And when I got this, I got a case of shaker bottles. I have enough baking soda to last (laughs) me and an army a lifetime. Oh my gosh. And so I was like, yeah, see, that's a waste of time and money. And so Mm -hmm. what did I do with them? I put them up on the shelf. 
I should donate them to a food shelf or do something intelligent mm-hmm. with them. But no, I just put them up on the shelf. <laughs> That's what I'm doing with my life right now. <laughs> I know. It even sounds ridiculous when I say it. <laughs> well, and my next one was less quantity and more quality. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's ridiculous. This episode is purely for me. <laughs> well, when it comes to the less quantity, more quality, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily apply to just your baking soda. But <laughs> <laughs> but it could, I mean, how many times do you buy 10 black shirts real cheap at wherever, TJ Maxx? Maybe you can wash and wear them four or five times before they start falling apart. Or you could go buy one really nice shirt that's going to last until you're sick of it. You know, so a lot of times we think quantity instead of quality. So that is another way to help decrease our wardrobe as far as clothes. But even when it comes to uh, food, I am, because I've mentioned my olive oil problem that I seem to have, I am much more mindful of how much I use because I do go buy the infused olive oils. So I don't just willy nilly throw it all over salads or whatever I'm doing. So, you know, if you do think about quality versus quantity, that can help as well. Less waste is a happier planet because we do generate billions and billions of textile waste each year with the shopping that we do with the clothes. In fact, I just saw today an article that LAX is no longer selling one-use water bottles. So you can't go into the airport there and buy a bottle of water to take on the plane with you. But, you know, reducing and just being mindful of things like that, you know, take a water, empty water bottle with you places instead of buying a bottle of water. Yeah. And, you know, whoever came up with this bottled water is better was first off, they were evil in a lot of ways, because how often do you just sit and gulp down water from the tap? Maybe yeah. you do, but. Well, you know, I mean, that was us- purely marketing and, yeah. and then it turned into mm-hmm. a major, yeah, stretch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, we have less screen time and more living because, you know, it's a digital generation and we're busy all the time and we're busy doing work. We're busy with family. We're busy with this, but we're also busy scrolling on our phones and on our computers. When I think about my wasted time doing that, it does make me sad because you miss out on living if your face is stuck to your phone. For sure. And I have been very, whenever I'm out in public now, Edward and I both just like to cook. So we don't go out to eat a lot because we prefer to eat at home. Um, When I do go out to eat, it's always amazing to me when you look around and you'll see a table full of people and everyone's on their phone. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you have less to do, you have more time for you. So if you can eliminate the number of things on your to-do list, you have more time to do spend living with your the people you love. You know, and I have a lot of things on my to-do list that really don't need to be done right now. Yeah. Uh, I also less feeling spread too thin. And this is what you and I were talking about earlier. If you have less of less feeling spread too thin, you have more life satisfaction, less comparison, you have more connection. So if you spend less time comparing yourself, then you connect better. Because when you compare yourself to any kind of uh, societal expectation or to other people, then you end up pulling up all kinds of feelings that that are not fun, anger and inadequacy and envy. And that's not 
conducive to building strong personal connections. So less comparison, more connection. Totally goes right along with less negative self-talk, more positivity. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. There's, there's fair comparison to that because you and I could both go down the rabbit hole of how that is like negative self-image. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff there. Like yep. that one's a yep. loaded one. <laughs> it is. That's a whole well, nother episode. Well, and I love this one, less past and future and more present because there are so many times people live in the past or are preparing for the future and they forget that there's a present right here, right in your face. You need to remember the past and learn from the past, but you can't let your past keep you from moving forward. And just like that, you can't be constantly preparing for the future and forget what's going on right there in your present. Yeah. In, let's see, less seeking outside advice and more trusting your own inner voice. How many times do you know people that will ask everyone around them their advice instead of just listening to themselves, listening to their own intent, their own intuition, um, less talking, more listening. Mm, you that's and I, a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you and I both are big talkers, but we're also big listeners too. Yeah. I think, I think I'm a fairly good listener. I struggle though, when I get stressed out that, you know, and I've noticed this even in my own bad habits of late is answering somebody's text message and not even saying, hi, how are you? And I'm like, wow, Tanya, get out of your own head, man, dude, stop. Yeah. But life gets busy and you got a baby coming soon. I got a baby coming soon. Can you believe that? I know. That's so exciting. You're going to be, you're going to be talking and listening both then. Then let's see, we have less planning and more action. And I have so many people in my universe that, and I've been known to do this as well, where you plan and plan and plan and you plan so much that you never freaking do, you know? Yeah, I see that one, but I also see the opposite of that one where if you don't plan well enough, you Mm -hmm. can just totally be scattered and waste time. Yeah. So I can kind of see that on both sides of the fence, like... Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I I, I can see what they're saying about over planning and just being stuck. Like me making lists of my list so that I don't actually have to do (laughs) anything on the list. Yeah, I get that. Well, I have a family member, though, that is preparing so much for things that they don't ever take action. It's been going on for three or four years. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, but again, you don't want to go, oh, I'm going to decide to be a brain surgeon and then go cut someone's head open tomorrow. You know, there's some things you do need to take a little time to prepare for. Yeah. Less fear, more courage. A lot of people are are so overwhelmed with fear that they just, again, don't live their life. They're so afraid that what if this happens? And so let's just not do anything at all. Yeah. My son told me, yeah, my son told me if I ever, as I get older, if I ever am afraid of going bungee jumping in the Amazon jungle, that he's taking me bungee jumping in the Amazon jungle. And I'm like, I don't want to do that now. (laughs) So I was like, I don't think that's a good analogy, but fear can keep you from living a full life. Less anxiety, more peace of mind, because anxiety, and we've talked about anxiety a lot, but it is debilitating. And it's easy to say, 
well, I'll just get over that and forget that anxiety. I know, and I'm not saying that, but you can try to put some tools into place that can help lessen your anxiety just to give your mind some peace. Um, I've only got three more for you. Less judging, more accepting. Judgment's a double-edged sword. When you judge others, um, you can also reveal the good and the bad and the ugly thoughts and beliefs inside yourself. You know, so mm-hmm. it's really impossible to stop being judgmental towards yourself and others all the time. But trying to curb that habit and be more accepting gives you a lot more peace of mind. Less bad habits is a healthier and equals a healthier lifestyle, you know. So if you drink a bottle of wine all by yourself every single night and follow it down with a block of cheese and a loaf of bread, you know, maybe that's not the best way to a healthier life. Mm-mm. You know, I think we all did that during COVID but <laughs> because we were just stuck at home. So and I why think not? we're all suffering the consequences. <laughs> yeah. And fewer toys and equals smarter kids. And I do know that it is easy a lot of times just to buy toys for the for your kids instead of letting them use your own their own imagination. My kids and Clark and Ellie, all of them liked playing with just random kitchen stuff more than any toy I could buy them. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all yep. the things, right? That's a cool list. Yeah. And I didn't even I wrote down more things than I thought I was going <laughs> to write down. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, you should be working on that. Oh, yeah, you should work on that one too, Darnia. Oh, yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even get into my minimalism when it comes to your yoga practice. You know what? That's for another day, I think. It'll be for another day because, man, we, we traverse some territory. We, we all got some cleanup to do. So there you go. Head home or, you know, if you're driving while you're listening to the podcast and pick one thing that you're going to choose to clean up or declutter and then report back and let us know how it went. And if we're going to do it too, just about the time we air and maybe Kat and I will share some pictures of the things that we've done. Oh, that's a great idea. Ooh, I should mm-hmm. take a picture of my office right now. Like before untouched. and after photos. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Like legitimately, yeah. I would take a picture of like my yoga in my office closet because uh-huh. I literally have done nothing but just shove shit in there for the last <laughs> three months. And it's kind of like yeah. I just I, I tuck to the hand. I don't even want to look at you. Like mm-hmm. I have got just stacks of stuff because, you know, I started painting and I'm a horrible painter but I've got my little stacks of painting right here I've got my little yoga nidra stuff so I've got my little stacks everywhere so yeah you'll have to remind me though I'll take the pictures now but you know I'm not going to remember when it comes time for it to air (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious good times go clean up your world people clean it up perfect I'm Kat Kahn and I'm Tanya Rice and this is two pittas on a pod signing off thank you for listening to two pittas on a pod We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.